Thanks for joining us this week for the Church at Starkey Hills podcast. Be sure to visit our website at starkey.church to find all the latest information and upcoming events. Well, that is what a Christmas program looks like at the church at Sturkey Hills. And it's amazing. That's right. Once again, let's, let's show them how much we love them and appreciate them. And to all the workers, to Karen and Ashley and all their staff, thank you for doing that, all the effort you put in. They were beautiful and amazing. And here's what's amazing about it. Seven years ago when the church at Sturkey Hills went through its uh, revitalization program, (laughs) none of those were here. (laughs) A couple of them were here at the very beginning. But before that, none of them were here. Now, some of them obviously because they weren't born yet. But also because there just weren't any kids here, and God is blessing us. And, and every Sunday, if you attend here, you'll pass in the hallway or here at church or stand next to somebody or see somebody leading worship, and you may not know it, but they're pregnant too. It's just uh, this is fertile ground up here at 904 Dry Gap Pike, and we're excited about it because we love our little boys and girls and our children. And so we want to say thank you for being here today, and they did an amazing job, and sometimes... Uh, it's just what we need. Uh, it's just what we need to take our mind off the world that we live in. Nobody in here would argue that we live in a broken world. It's full of frustrations and discouragement, disappointments. Uh, it's full of brokenness and hurt and evil. Everybody would agree with that. And Christmas is about finding a moment where the world out there seems to erode into oblivion. It's a moment when all of a sudden the things of this world that come crashing in every day of our life seem to disappear. And and it's been that way for a long time. Now, when, when you came in here this morning, you kind of were expecting something. You kind of knew, you kind of knew what to expect, but you didn't know the fine details of it. You came to give support to somebody that you love. Maybe a little boy or a little girl, a son or a daughter, a grandchild, a niece, a nephew, a neighbor, a friend that invited you. And so you came in support of them. And it was a thing. Our worship team sang and then the lights go down and music starts to play. And the little boys and girls begin to parade up here to do what they've been instructed to do. And we forgot about, for a minute, the world out there as we looked at the world up here. And that's what Christmas should do for all of us during this season. Now, as we watch them, we may have seen some singing. We might have seen some crying. We might have seen some of our children looking for you. We might have seen some looking backwards. We might have seen some who were dancing and some who may have been poking the kid next to them in the ear. We, we may have seen some children dancing or clapping their hands, and then we may have seen some picking their nose and scratching stuff. We don't know what we're going to get. But this is what we know. They were given simple instructions to walk down to the front of the church where Jesus would be. And that was it. And in that moment, when in the simplest of obedience to following simple directions, to go to where Jesus is, the world around us disappears. And there's something significant about that. You see, they didn't just invent that today. It's been going on a long time. 
In fact, I can remember about 50 years ago as a little boy raised in Norris, Tennessee, Christmas season, standing in the vestibule of a small church and standing in front of me would have been somebody like Lori or Joan or Carolyn or Susan and they were wearing a white robe and they had coat hangers wrapped in paper and tinsel strapped to their back and they had a little halo on their head. They were the angels. Now Scott and Gene, my brother Jeff and I, we were never asked to be angels. What are you laughing about? The reason is not because we would not make fantastic angels. It was because there was another part to play. This part would put on a brown robe, a rag on their hand, and get to carry a stick. I was really good at that. And so they would give me a stick, put a brown robe on me, and stand me with a couple of other shepherds. And then in that that small church, standing in that vestibule, for the more trustworthy of the boys, they would be wise men. And they would get to carry gifts gold and other stuff they didn't know what it was supposed to be frankincense and myrrh but they knew that they were supposed to be responsible to take their gift to Jesus just to make their way to the front where Jesus was now here's what's interesting about that we did that for years we did it today it's been going on for 2,000 years and here's the amazing thing Jesus is always there to receive us There was not one Christmas pageant that went by that when I as a shepherd or the little angel girls or the wise men, there's not one one Christmas service that went by when we showed up at the front of the church and Jesus wasn't there. Now, he might have been a real Jesus or the real Jesus might not have been doing good, so they put a fake Jesus in there, right? But always there was a Jesus ready to receive those who had had been given simple instructions to go to where Jesus was. We didn't invent it 50 years ago. You see, 2,000 years ago, it was much the same. The world looked like the world that we live in. The news, if they had CNN or Fox News, would sound much like it sounds today. Brokenness, disaster, corruption, confusion, disappointment, disenchantment, all of that. It would have made the headlines 2,000 years ago just like it does today. But in the middle of the calamity, in the middle of the brokenness, in the middle of the mess, God gave simple commands to some angels, a young girl named Mary, a young man named Joseph, some shepherds and some wise men, and even the animals. Hey, you've been invited with some simple instructions to simply go down to where Jesus is and he will meet you there. It's been going on for a long time. Now, what is it about the simplicity of that that makes that vast world out there disappear in the moment? It's because it's bigger than we are. It's because it's supernatural. It's it's from outside. It's not like us. He became like us, and that's what Christmas is all about. So how is it that, that this thing is so significant that would make children jump around with charisma and make people come to church that wouldn't normally come to church. It's because there's something going on here that's bigger than we know, something bigger than we can even understand in our mind. You see, it was on this Sunday at the uh, 10 o'clock service was the appointed time for Christmas to be celebrated through our children. But 2,000 years ago was no different. It was an appointed time. 
You see, Galatians 4, 4 says, at the appropriate time, God sent forth his son born of a woman born under the law. An appropriate time, a time scheduled for this moment where there would be simple instructions given for people to come to where Jesus was. And so in that, we find out that in Luke chapter 2, it kind of spells it out. And we see that this is where Christmas celebration with simple instructions to find Jesus and sing and worship him is birthed. In Luke chapter 2, verse 7, it says, And she, Mary, gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Now there were shepherds nearby living out in the field, keeping guard over their flock at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were absolutely terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. Listen carefully, for I proclaim to you good news that brings great joy to all people. Today your Savior is born in the city of David. And he is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly a vast heavenly army appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among people with whom he is pleased. And when the angels left and went back to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem. And see this thing that has taken place that the Lord has made known to us. So they hurried off and located Mary and Joseph and found the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw him, they related what they had been told about this child. And all who heard it were astonished at what the shepherds said. But Mary treasured up all these words, pondering in her heart what they might mean. So the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God, for they had heard and seen everything was just as they had been told. Do you see it? In the very first Christmas, when God would wrap himself in skin, the incarnation, when God, the Emmanuel, God with us, God would come to this earth, God would come to this earth in the form of a baby so he could identify with you, so he could identify with me, so he could live a life and experience all that we experience, the brokenness of this world, but he did it with a purpose. He did it so he could redeem it. He did it so he could, as Scripture says, be the Savior for it. You see, it was more than just a baby in a manger. It was God lying in that manger. Now, just like today, we were kind of moved away from the world that we live in. We were captivated in the moment, right? They were captivated too. Why? They were captivated, are you ready? Because they were invited into a moment where their focus changed. They were invited into a moment when their spiritual compass was calibrated. And in that moment, all of a the sudden, they realized the creator is greater than his creation. You see, that's what happens in our world today. When we get sideways, when we get hurt, disenchanted, and frustrated with the world we live in, 
It's because we stopped looking so much at the creator and we started looking solely at the creation. And I'm here to tell you today, just like 2,000 years ago, Jesus is inviting us into a moment when the world outside goes away and the creator, God, rises up in our hearts. And so, and so when we think about this, it's really just like today. They had simple instructions. Some of them followed them really well. Some of them rewrote the instructions. Some of them may be kin to me. And it's okay. Because that's what we look like. Are you ready? God gives us simple instructions. Some people dive into those instructions very well. Some people, the journey looks a little different. But at the end of the day, are you ready? God provides a moment where the world around us can disappear and we can have an encounter with God. And that's what Christmas is really supposed to be about. A simple invitation, some simple instructions, God looking for us, following him, searching him out, coming before him, realizing Jesus truly is God. And I truly need him in my life to save me. And so, and so that's what Christmas is given for, but so often we miss it. Now, why do we miss Christmas being what it's supposed to be? The Jesus that finds himself on Christmas ornaments, the Jesus that finds himself on Christmas cards, the Jesus that finds himself on most of our coffee tables, the Jesus that in our house finds himself carried away from the nativity scene into a whole different world at times. He disappears. Does Jesus ever disappear at your house? Sometimes Jesus just disappears the nativity at our house. But here's the thing. That Jesus is more than a Christmas ornament. And he's more than a card. And he's more than a nativity scene. He is, in fact, Emmanuel, God with us. And we miss that. We forget that because we get caught up in the world that God has created rather than being caught up in the creator of the world. You see, when God wrapped himself in a body and came to this earth, he was doing what he does best. And what is that? He was loving the world. John 3.16, the most popular verse in the Bible, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And when Jesus came to this earth, John 1, the same writer, the beloved disciple, this is what he says about Jesus. He says, in the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was fully God. Everybody say, fully God. Jesus was and is God. Verse 2 says, and the Word, now it takes on a persona. It says, the Word was with God in the beginning, and all things were created by Him. Then it goes on and it says, and apart from Him. 
Not one thing was created that has been created. In him was life, and the life was the light of mankind. Now the word became flesh, in verse 14, and dwelt among us. And so God wrapped himself in a body, came to this earth with one purpose, as it's found in Luke, and it is this, to be a savior to the world. And the beauty of that is, just like the program that we just saw, the beauty of it, it comes with simple instructions. Now, we live in a world, and it's Christmas time, and sometimes Santa's helpers have to build things. And sometimes we buy things, and, and we open up the instruction book, and we notice it's written in about 12 languages, and it seems like they left ours out. And so we end up at the end of the story with a thing there and a handful of parts. And we hope that it's not going to be dangerous, but we don't know. You see, because the instructions are so complicated, God knew who he created. He created image bearers of himself. He watched us fall. He saw how easily we're deceived, how easily we listen to the wrong voices. And so he gives simple instructions. And the Christmas story is this. Jesus has been given to us as a Savior for the world. And the instruction is just like it was for these boys and girls. You've been instructed and invited to go where Jesus is, and he will receive you. And I'm telling you, Jesus will never turn anybody away. Jesus is always looking for us to simply obey the invitation and the instruction to come to where Jesus is, to worship him for who he is, and to leave changed with a brand new nature and a brand new identity. Luke chapter 2, now that's good news. Luke chapter 2 says it this way. He says, I bring you good tidings of great joy which will be to all people, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And he comes to you today, and he gives you simple instructions. Now, I, I have a confession. I am a gospel preacher. It's what I'm called to do. It's what I'm convicted to do, and it's what I'm dedicated to do. Now, let me tell you what that means. Some people say, well, I thought all preachers were gospel preachers. Well, that ain't true. Okay, but let me tell you what it means for me. It means I preach the word of God, whatever that looks like when we're going through a book. But I want you to know a gospel preacher gets this. That whole book is a love story from God pointed at us. And if it's pointed to us and it's from God, then we should be able to know how to respond to such a great love. So often what that means for this preacher is that at the end of every message, pretty much, I share the gospel invitation. And the gospel invitation is kind of the Christmas story. Jesus is here. He's inviting you to simply come to him and to worship him and let him save your soul forever. And so the whole Bible points to that truth. Now, what does that mean for you? Maybe you're here today because Sundays I preach... I, I preach and share that gospel story every week. And when I do, I ask, is anybody, would anybody like, feel like they need to receive, they've been invited to be saved today? And most Sundays, nobody raises their hands, which is okay. It means that they're saying that they're already saved. And that's good if they are. But at the same time, there are always those who have a religious life 
They may have some spiritual conviction. They may have a knowledge about the Bible. They may have knowledge about Jesus. But they've never obeyed the simple instructions to come to Jesus and worship him and give him who you are. And so on this day, I want to tell you, Jesus came to this earth 2,000 years ago in the form of a baby so he could live a perfect life and die a perfect death on a cross for you. Sure, he came for y'all, but I want you to know he came for you in particular by design, by name. And just like those instructions to Mary and Joseph and the angels and the shepherds and the wise men were simple. And they were, Jesus is God and he comes to save. You go to him. The same instructions are true for you today. And you say, okay, maybe that's right. So how do I go from where I am to where Jesus is? Are you ready? He's already here. You see, he's God, and he's omnipresent. He's everywhere. And maybe today you feel in your heart, I am that person who maybe has had some kind of religious thing, but I don't have a relationship with God. I want you to know Christmas 2021, in the middle of the chaos we walk around in, I want you to know Jesus is is still the savior of the world and Jesus is still giving simple instructions inviting you to come to him and Jesus will receive you as surely and as quickly as you come to him so how do you do that now often it is in the form of a prayer and the prayer may sound like this but it's not the words of the prayer that receive Jesus It's the condition of the heart. And so the prayer may sound like this. God, I didn't come to realize that I needed a Savior. I thought I had that figured out. God, I came to watch little boys and girls sing songs. But for some reason in this moment, I feel something tugging me deep within me. My heart, my soul, my core being reminding me that I'm still separated from you, God. So in this moment, God, I am aware of who I am. God, I want to bring all of me to all of you. God, I want to bring my gift, which is the brokenness and the baggage of who I am. And just like the wise men and just like these boys and girls, I want to bring my gift and place it before you, Jesus. And I'll give you all of me. And God, because of that, I know you'll receive me because it's what you do. And so, God, I want you to save me today. You were sent as a Savior. I want you to save my life. I want you to forgive my sin. I want you to invest yourself in me, creating a new creature out of me. And help me from this day forward live my life for you and you alone. Now, maybe today that's you. Praise the Lord. 
that God is still inviting you to Jesus. And I want to encourage you and challenge you to pray that prayer and to give your life to Jesus. Now, most of us, we wash that off. We say, oh, I've already done that. I'm saved. I'm born again. I'm a child of God. I'm a Christian. I believe Jesus at Christmas wants to invite each one of his children to a fresh appointment with him. When he becomes the focus and the center of our being, and when that happens at Christmas, the world around us dissolves and goes away because Jesus has made his way, are you ready, back on the throne of our life. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And maybe you're here today and, and you need to receive Jesus. You need to give yourself to him. Would you do that today? I don't want you to listen to the voice of the preacher. I want you to hear the Holy Spirit drawing you to him. Simple instructions. God, I'm broken and sinful. I believe Jesus wants to save me. That's why he came. Come into my life. Forgive me and save me. And make me your own. I give you all of me in exchange for all of you. Help me live for you from this day forward. And for those of us who are already saved, let this be the prayer of your heart. Jesus, I thank you that you left the splendor of heaven to wrap yourself in humility in the form of a little baby to come to this earth in Bethlehem in a manger, in a stable for me. You left heaven to come and rescue me. That should thrill me and make its way to the top of my thought process, God, every day that you would do something like that for me. So God, our prayer as believers is that Jesus, would you make your way back up onto the throne of our life. Help us focus on you again. Help us be caught up in a moment with you every day where the whole broken world around us kind of just begins to decline and to dissolve. And so that once we get to that place, we can shine our light in that dark world and, and help those people Hear the simple instructions to come to you for salvation. And we'll give you all the praise and the glory for it, God, because you're worthy of it. We love you, and we pray it in the mighty name of Jesus. And God's people said, amen. All right. Well, listen, here's what we're going to do. Uh, worship team's here. We're going to sing some more songs. Now, you can remain seated for a few of those. You can sing along. But I know you got your children, and that would be difficult to hold them for a few minutes. And then as soon as we finish singing uh, four of the songs, I'll come up and, and give you another welcome and a greeting to dismiss you. We'll sing one final song, and we'll, we will go. But I want to encourage you right now, just ponder the greatness of Jesus as we sing these songs. We hope that God spoke to you through this message. If you enjoyed the message, be sure to subscribe to our weekly podcast 
and visit our website at sturkey.church to find all the latest information and upcoming events. Be sure to join us again next week. Until then, may God bless you.